You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. This is Unnecessary Roughness. If Hallmark made a movie of Raiders season this year, what would it be called and what would the plot be? That's from Hardcore Raider. That's pretty cool. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. That you is might a, actually yeah. want to hold on to that question until tomorrow. And much like the Hallmark Channel, we are doing it way too early. Because <laughs> it's nowhere near Christmas. Facts. Facts. It's not even It's not even Thanksgiving. Here's your boy Q. Q. Boy, this can't go fast enough for me. <laughs> tell you that. There is nothing I want to do then embrace the Hallmark Channel for the next three hours. But apparently that's what we're going to do here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness with the fine work of my man Jared, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Thanks, Jared. Thanks a lot for that. We will keep the party rolling, though, as we kick off hour number two. We'll talk a little bit of Jets as they're headed to Allegiant Stadium, not for Christmas, but for some Sunday night football action, little prime time. And Dan Leberfeld, Jets Confidential, he joins us on the show now. And, Dan, I'm sorry that I got to do this to you, but are you a guy that has finds yourself embraced in Hallmark movies at times? Well, I'll say this. I like that a lot of actors who aren't getting work other places are able to stay working. <laughs> that's true and they all have the same script so they can share it because it's all the same every single yeah. time that is funny that is, i got into a rant about that yesterday and jared who's back in the studio the home studio he's been decided to exploit it all day today so i'm having to live with it and uh yeah it's not a whole lot of fun as you can imagine but what is fun is sunday night football jets raiders i'm excited about this primetime action uh, the Jets, we saw them lose 27-6 to to the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Defense is stellar. Run game is great. Offense is struggling. What would you say is the biggest reason for the offense struggling right now? Well, I think it's a combination of things uh, as far as the offensive line has not played well the last couple of weeks. But the streak of struggling throwing the football goes back a month. The Jets have just one ta- passing touchdown over the last month, the last four games, and that was a one-yard pass to Brees Hall against the New York football Giants that he ran the last 49 on his own for a 50-yard touchdown. So over the last month, they have not thrown a touching a touchdown throwing the ball to a receiver or a tight end. Garrett Wilson, their electrifying receiver, doesn't have a touchdown catch since week two. So, yes, there have been some protection issues, but – the quarterback, Zach Wilson, he definitely needs to play better. So there's been a lot of conversations about replacing Zach Wilson, and I know that there's guys on the roster that you could put there, but you know, like a Trevor Simeon, but I don't know how much of an upgrade. Do you think that there could be any kind of changes coming anytime soon to the quarterback spot? Well, they have, they have a decision to make here because at 4-4, four and four, they're clearly still in the wild card hunt in the AFC. So how long are you going to ride with Zach Wilson if he continues to struggle and fall out of playoff contention? Trevor Simeon is a guy Raider fans know well from his time with the Denver Broncos where he had about a 500 record in 2016-2017 as a starter. I'm not saying he's great, but he's a Northwestern graduate who can manage the game, get the ball to the playmakers' hands, and perhaps do a little more than Zach Wilson at this point. So I would consider it if I were the Jets. It doesn't sound like they're considering it, but I would consider it. Yeah, and, and it doesn't sound like that they're considering it. Is it something that you think may have come from upstairs, like, no, you're playing Zach Wilson, or is just Robert Sala really dedicated to Zach right now? Well, I think uh, 
you know, when you hear after games, recent games, especially the, the loss the Jets had to the Chargers was there was plenty of blame to go around. You know, the pass protection was very bad. Uh, Billy Turner was starting at right tackle, a very undersized tackle. He's been in the league a long time. He knows what he's doing, but he's under 300 pounds. And on three occasions, bull rushers like Bosa and Mack pushed him back into Zach Wilson's lap for a really bad place for the Jets. So, yeah, the, the, there were protection issues. There were some drops. But as far as I'm concerned, you could say it's not all Zach Wilson's fault. That's absolutely true. But you could divide the points and say it's not all Zach Wilson's fault, but they should also make a change. You, you could make two different arguments here saying, yeah, it's not all his fault, but maybe a change would be a good thing. Dan Leverfeld, Jets Confidential is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things Jets and Raiders as Allegiant Stadium will be the site of primetime action Sunday night. Looking forward to that. How about Nathaniel Hackett? Now, that's a guy that Raider fans know very well as he was the head coach for a little bit uh, for the Denver Broncos a year ago. Is there any kind of, uh, you know, finger pointing being put in his direction? Well, it, it was uh, – I wasn't at uh, Robert Sala's post-game after the Charger game, because you have to make a choice, as you know, Q, whether you go right to the locker room yep. or you go to the post game. So I just went to the locker room. I like to go to the locker One of the reasons I like to go right to the locker room last month is to see Aaron Rodgers walk out of the mm-hmm. locker room and see if he's limping or not. And it's been a fruitful enterprise for me because uh, the previous two games, Kansas City, Philly, he was limping, not limping after the Chargers game. So he's actually making progress. Wow. So I was not there, but someone asked, uh, Robert Sala about you know, about the play calling in Stanley Hackett, and I thought that was a little crazy. Uh, eight games into the season, they're four and four. You're going to take the play calling away? I don't even understand that kind of question. I think a lot of fans, you know, and, and reporters think that's the answer. Uh, change play callers all the time. So uh, I, I'm not saying he's the best offensive corner in the league, but it's absolutely not the time to change play calls. And to be honest with you, during that three game winning streak, I thought he did a pretty good job dialing up ideal first reads for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is not a quarterback at this point who's going to go one, two, three, check down. He, he loves for his first read to be open. And I thought during that Jets three-game winning streak, Hackett did a pretty jo- good job of dialing up very good first reads. Yeah, no, I, I I totally understand that, especially when it comes to the play calling and the locker room. I make a beeline to the locker room as well instead of going to the instead of going to the head coach's uh, presser. I definitely think that the locker room I get some more action immediately after a game. Again, Dan Leberfeld, Jets Confidential is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. And I know the offensive line. You kind of touched on it briefly that they're a little bit banged up. Billy Turner's working his way back. Dwayne Brown. Do you expect those guys to be in action on Sunday? Well, the the. The thing with Dwayne Brown is this. They certainly could use a talent like Dwayne Brown, but Dwayne Brown, 38 years old, been in the league 17 years, only plays left tackle. I asked him uh, before the season, because there was all this debate whether Mekhi Beck will be a right or left tackle. In the spring, I asked Dwayne Brown, when was the last time you played right tackle? He said, as a sophomore at Virginia Tech. So considering he's 38, that's about 20 years ago. So he made it pretty clear, and he's a team player, but he's strictly a left tackle at this point. He's not a guy you're going to move after 17 years in one position. So if Dwayne Brown does come back, the question is where do you play him? I don't know if you want to move Beckton again back to right tackle. Move, you know, It's very hard. Hugh, you've interviewed a lot of tackles over the years. That switch from left to right or right to left is a lot more challenging than perhaps the public 
will give these players credit for because you have to switch your footwork, you have to switch your hand placement. It's like going from righty, riding righty to riding lefty. So I'm not sure what they would do with Dwayne Brown. The question is at right tackle. I mentioned before, you know, Billy Turner is a good player, but I, I'm not sure why he's so light right now. A lot of times veteran players will lose weight to take pressure off their muscles and joints, but he's under 300 pounds and mentioned the the Chargers did a number on him pushing him back at his lighter weight. So maybe they go and they move Max Mitchell back to right tackle and they plug someone else else in at right guard this week. Wanted to ask you a couple questions about the defense real quick, and I was a big fan, as many people were, of Sauce Gardner coming out of Cincinnati. Uh, he was the defensive rookie of the year for the Jets. What have you seen from Sauce in year two? What kind of maturation have you seen from him? Yeah, he's uh, picked up where he left off. You know, the, the numbers aren't exotic when it comes to interceptions, but uh, teams throw away from him on a regular basis. He's just amazing from the standpoint that he's six foot three, but he's got the hip flexion of a five nine nickelback. I mean, he the way he changes directions for such a long-legged corner is very rare. That's one of the reasons you don't see a lot of really tall corners is because they have problems changing directions with the quick receivers because of their long legs. This guy is an aberration because he's long-legged but has amazing hip flexion and can change direction. So he's picked up where he left off. DJ Reed is an excellent number two corner. Uh, it's not even a situation where Sauce has to follow around the top receiver every week because DJ Reed's so good on the other side. Maybe they'll do it this week with Devontae Adams, but generally Sauce doesn't travel. He just stays on one side. What have you thought about Quentin Williams? Signed a big-time deal in the offseason and gets a lot of pressures, hasn't really uh, got home and got some sacks uh, like he was expected to do, and then his brother's been playing really well, Quincy as well. But what have you seen from Quentin? Yeah, the numbers aren't great, but I will say this. He gets double-teamed a lot, and, and you see the way players like John Franklin Myers are playing and Jermaine Johnson, and those guys deserve credit for what they're doing, but it does help them to a degree that Quinnen is taking up so many double-teams and allowing those guys to have favorable matchups one-on-one. So, yeah, the stats aren't gaudy for Quinnen Williams, but he's certainly contributing as far as tying up offensive linemen allowing other guys to make plays and he does make plays here and there just doesn't have the big sack totals yet this year is his brother not the the guy that's flying under the radar the most in the nfl right now how about quincy he's an interesting player jacksonville moved on from him after a couple Mm -hmm. of years the question about him is it's not his toughness it's not his speed it's not his tackling ability but sometimes you know in coverage like last year he only had one pass defense in 15 games and no interceptions. So when you're a linebacker runs under 4-6, you expect more plays on the ball. He's really taken a step forward in pass coverage this year, and his run stuffing has always been good, and it's good again this year. He's a, just a very fast run-and-hit linebacker. The, the thing the Raiders can do to him or other teams can do to him is if there's good pass protection and, and he has to drop deeper, Sometimes that's a problem. But if he plays around the box and can play moving forward, he is a lights-out hitter and a big-time run defender. Again, Dan Leverfeld, Jets Confidential, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. What about the Jets and their defense in general? How long can you, do you think that they can kind of float this, this Jets team and to allow that offense to get caught up and get jump-started again? 
Well, it, it, their their luck in that regard kind of ran out <laughs> last week in the yeah. 27-3 loss for the Jets against the Chargers. It's a formula. It's hard to win every week doing that. And the Jets are settling for way too many field goals. You know, in the games against the the wins against the Denver Broncos and the Philadelphia Eagles, they kicked nine field goals. And Greg Zierlein is having a tremendous year, and he had a tremendous year last year. It's surprising Dallas let him out of the building. But you can't keep settling for field goals, especially, you know, the Raiders are improved, but especially with Miami coming up with the schedule twice, are you going to beat the Dolphins kicking field goals? I know they weren't great last week overseas in Germany, but generally you got to put up points to beat Miami. They have Miami coming up twice, so... I, I think the defense for the Jets is playing very well, but it's not a formula you expect to win every week when you're settling for as many field goals and you're struggling on third down as much as the Jets' offense is. What kind of bounce back do you expect to, to see from the Jets? I mean, they're coming off a loss. They were on a nice little streak, even though that game against the Giants wasn't fantastic, but they found a way to win, but then they took that loss, a lot of self-inflicted wounds on Monday to the Chargers. I just don't know what to say about the bounce back because I don't know what kind of bounce back you're going to have from the quarterback mm-hmm. as far as uh, making more happen. You, you could tell nobody's going to say anything bad. Garrett Wilson, I mean, how do you think he feels not catching a touchdown since week two? Right. I mean, this is a guy who's an emerging star, so nobody's going to throw anybody under the bus publicly, but you could tell reading Garrett Wilson's quotes after the Charger game, he's very frustrated without naming names. So, the Jets, this is a turning point for the Jets in the season. They have to win this game, especially going to Buffalo the week after that. If they drop the 4-5, and five, then have to beat Josh Allen out of, up in Buffalo, they could get into a 4-6 and six hole, and that could be all she wrote for their playoff hope. So I think their defense will play well. I think the, the, their defense, their front seven is something else because one thing they have that they didn't have in, in Coach Sala's first two years, which he really won. <laughs> I thought I thought his phone was dying. I thought I heard the beep. I thought I heard the beep, and, and so his phone died right there. I just thought about it. It's funny, Jared. It's no, don't call him back. His phone's dead. I just I just thought about it. Um, when I heard the beep, I was like, man, should I ask one more question? Should I get greedy? Like I don't know. I don't know how long you know, like the warning is. But I heard it beep twice. And I was like, oh, man, I think his phone might get ready to die. So I was about to wrap it up after that question. And then all of a sudden, he just died and it went away. So uh, there you go. So, yeah, no, don't don't call him back, Jared. That wouldn't make any sense. I genuinely thought those beeps were coming from, like, like a smoke alarm inside the studio. I was just like, huh, that's a weird beep. Not realizing I'm wearing headphones. Where Are else you, could wait, hold on, could... hold on, hold on. Let me, let me get this straight. You thought that that was potentially a smoke alarm in the studio that you're in? Yes. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Because I was just listening to the interview, and then I was like, huh, that's a weird thing. Have you ever heard a smoke alarm in that studio? No, of course not. Okay, so I'm pointing out my own stupidity here. Man, so am I. (laughs) So am I. That's unbelievable. No, that's I heard it. I heard it coming. And uh, so that's what happens. Well, many thanks to Dan Leverfeld, Jets Confidential. I'll wrap it up anyway, so uh, definitely appreciate him and his efforts. But, man, I don't know how many other people heard that one coming, but I sure did. Uh, like I said, I was actually thinking about getting greedy and asking one more because you don't know. You know, sometimes when your phone yeah. says, like, oh, it's at 10%, 10% on some phones mean, like, look, Jack, you got about 12 seconds to say bye. <laughs> and sometimes, like, 10%, you can really, you know, let that thing run for a while. That was clearly that was clearly one that was not. My old phone, if it got below twelve percent, it was off. 
Yeah. And it was done. And That's then funny. this new one, I can get it down to one percent, and it's like, okay, you got like twenty more minutes, and then I'm gonna, <laughs> then I'm gonna really have to, I'm, I'm gonna have to shut this down. Right. Then I'm gonna make some decisions for you. That's funny. Well, again, many thanks to Dan Leberfeld, Jets Confidential, giving us a little bit of a heads up on what the Jets, uh, how big this game is. Right. You heard what he said. This is a game that they have to win. They want to keep in, uh, you know, in, in the mix. They want to still be there, and they are. As bad as they've played offensively, they're four and four. They're right there in the mix. And you know what? As, as bad as the Raiders have had some, some games go this season, they're right in the mix as well. They're right in the mix as well. They win this game. They could be 5-5, five and five, and then all bets are off. So there's that. So many thanks to Dan. Uh, we'll continue to get some Jets updates throughout the course of the week as we get ready for Sunday night football, a little prime time action. Before we go any further, I do want to go inside the Raiders locker room real quick. I've been talking about Trey Tucker for a minute. I want to make sure that I get this in because I thought it was cool. He had a nice, uh, you know, nice big catch uh, from Aiden O'Connell on that, that, that uh, momentum shift after Amik Robertson made that interception, returned it to the 40 the very next play, as I think more teams should do, and I would like to see the Raiders do more times than not after a big Big interception, a big play, big momentum shift. Take a deep shot. Aiden O'Connell took a deep shot. Trey Tucker came out on the right end of things and a really nice catch by Trey. So uh, here's Trey Tucker in the Raiders locker room Sunday following the game. Yeah, that one big play earlier today, momentum swings are a huge thing in any game. Was that a plan when you see uh, an interception like that, that you knew that that could be a play where your number is called? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, usually anytime after a turnover like that, um, you already got momentum. So, you know, it's common. It's a common theme on our offense, you know, to take a shot like that. So I mean, you know, we had that play in, you know, obviously the game plan, and we we're gonna call it earlier. So I knew we we're gonna get back to it, and um, when we caught it, um, you know, I just know I had to make a play. What'd you see in Aiden this afternoon, just without him handling his first home start? He's a dog, man. You know what I mean? Um, nothing, nothing more, nothing less. He's a dog. I mean, obviously, I played with him in the preseason. You know what I mean? And just. Just the leadership qualities, man. He's poised, you know. He's he's a guy. Literally, you know, I walk in. I'm I'm, I'm at the facility pretty early, and he's always the first one there. He's studying, you know. He's studying and reading his Bible, and um, I'm sure you guys heard that. And just works hard, man. And just like I said, just just poised. You know, that's what you want to see out of a quarterback, especially young like that. Getting the running game going in the first half. What do you think that did for the offense as a whole? How that helped open the game up? Yeah, like it's it's, it's, it's common sense. You you know, you have to run the you have to be able to run the football because if you can run the football, you can do anything. You know what I mean? So um, defenses have to respect all different types of things instead of, you know, being one-dimensional. So it was good to see Josh, you know, kind of get going and, you know, doing what, you know, we know he can do. How much of a change in the atmosphere at the facility carry over to today in your opinion? Um, it's just been, it's, you know, I think it's just, you know, for me personally, it's just been loose, you know what I mean? Not worrying about, you know, really, you know, all, all the types of things, you know, making mistakes and that, just letting it fly. You know, that was just kind of the whole thing that we just playing, letting it fly and, you know, um, letting our practice, how we practice, come out here and translate to the game. Some guys were just more relaxed, weren't they? They yeah, weren't afraid to make a mistake. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of it was like a weird thing. Like, we have everything to lose, but you have nothing to lose. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of the mentality. Just go out there and ball. Because we, we know we're, we're a good team, you know what I mean? And, you know, we obviously have mega stars and stuff like that. So we just had to put it together. You yeah, you know, I think anytime, you know, you have the players that we have, you know, on both sides of the ball, you know, the, the motto is to be aggressive, you know what I mean? Um, it's kind of, I'm on offense, so it's kind of a, a theme for us to just, you know, be aggressive, you know, be the aggressor, 
you know what I mean? So that's, that was just kind of our mentality all week, you know what I mean? And obviously, good thing is it translated to the game. Raiders rookie wide receiver Trey Tucker right there in the locker room following the game on Sunday versus Giants. Now officially there's a bow put on the, that game, that week nine game. Now that we finally got that sound in, something I've been trying to do for a couple days, glad we were able to get that. But one, make sure you heard from the rookie, uh, you know, because he could be a big part of this Raiders offense. He really can with that speed. That's something you can't teach, and he's got it. Right, and uh, we all know what Henry Ruggs meant to the offense, and it looked like he was really starting to come into his own when everything fell off the rails, and that's unfortunate uh, for everybody involved. Let's not ever uh, hesitate to remember that, but uh, very unfortunate. But uh, Trey Tucker provides that speed, and he's got an opportunity. And, and I love the fact that every player that we asked, it didn't matter if they were on offense, defense, whatever the case, special teams, whatever, everyone we asked about Aiden O'Connell, they all said to the same point, he's, he's a dog, he's poised, uh, the, the moment's not too big for him. Like, those are all big-time compliments. I remember asking Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Amik Robertson, Nate Hobbs. Like, I, I just remember talking to all those guys in the locker room on Sunday, and every single one of them to a T had nothing but glowing reviews to say about uh, Aiden O'Connell. And the fact that Max said that it doesn't surprise me is what Aiden O'Connell does all the time. And he didn't have a fantastic game. He didn't go out and C.J. Stroud it where it was like 400-something yards and four touchdowns and no interceptions and lead a, a, a comeback with 45 seconds left and no timeouts. I mean, he didn't do that, but he also didn't put them in a bad position to lose the game either. He didn't turn the ball over at all. He didn't get sacked at all. He made the right decisions. He changed the coverages when he needed to. I mean, he – or, 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 or blocking. He, he, he set the blocking the way it was supposed to. I mean, there's a lot of things he did that was really good and uh, positive, and so we'd like to see him – continue to do that for the sake of the Raiders moving forward and trying to decide what they have in that quarterback whose name is Aiden O'Connell. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Hopefully his phone is uh, good now. Uh, Passionate Raider, welcome back to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, Q? Is this sound better, man? Yeah, it sounds 100 times better. Go ahead. Man, I've been having them Walmart head- a headset on at work, man. My bad. I heard that. But, but man, back, back to AP, man. You know, hearing, hearing that press conference again today, Q, you know, and the more I think about it, man, I know how much I love the Raiders. I know how much Raider Nation loves the Raiders. And I know and I felt today when AP said, and he paused for a minute when he was asked that question, I don't know about you, Q, but it choked me up a little bit because I felt it, man, and Raider Nation felt it. And with what we've been going through and what we've seen and everything we've seen around here, man, Q, Q, all we want to see from these Raiders, man, just like you do, we just want to see competitive football, man. Go out there and do your job and be a man, man. Play for your brother next to you, Q. I've been hollering it all year, man. I've been a depressed Raider fan for the past two years, man. I felt like my team was robbed and stolen from me. And now, and, and like I told you the other day, to know AP was a Raider, I used to love AP when he was a giant just because he was a dog, man. Now he's our coach. He's coaching this team. He's living a dream. Man, you can't beat that, Q. So for these boys to go out here this year, eight games left, I don't see anybody on this schedule that we can't beat. The Dolphins can't beat anybody that's got a defense. Q, I'm not scared, man. Like Gangster Raiders said, man, things can happen in Raider Nation, man. We've got so many Raider Nation behind us right now, so many behind these guys. Q, get ready. We buckling up, Raider Nation, because we're coming for the chip. Let's go. There he goes, passionate Raider. Had to get had to get the proper call in with the uh, with the proper sound. I appreciate the appreciate the call, my man. Appreciate the passion and the energy, and that's good. 
It really is, man. It's good to see and hear the excitement of Raider Nation. I think that there's a, you know, a lot to be said, and there's plenty of football left. That's the thing. It's not like Mark Davis made this move with two games left or three games left, and you're like, yeah, great. Uh, you know, a little too late now. No, I mean, there's really an opportunity. Uh, they are not out of it, right? I don't think they're going to run the table, but I also think that there's plenty of winnable games. And, and I said this at the beginning of the season. There's not a team on the schedule they can't beat. Now, there's some really good teams. You mentioned the Dolphins. They haven't beat a team that's 500 or better this year, <laughs> right? I mean, they, 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 or the, they haven't beat anyone with better than a 500 record. They, they've only beaten uh, teams that are 500 or below. So, I mean, there's that. You know, they lost to Kansas City. They lost to Buffalo. So, but they are a good team. Like, I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs. They're not really the offensive juggernaut that they were, but, man, they can get after it defensively, and they're still finding ways to win games, and they're still, they're still Kansas City. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, it's, it's, you could compete with whoever you can compete with. You just go out and go out there, and you got to do it. So um, we'll see what happens. Again, you got to take it one game at a time and let the chips fall where they may. Look, it's funny. They have a, a, a late bye, right? They have a very late bye, and I thought that that was going to be something that was a problem for this team. I don't know how things are going to shake out by the time they get to their bye, but if things go good in a positive way, it might be a perfect, a perfect storm. They get a late bye. They get a, a week to kind of you know lick their wounds, rest and, and rehab a little bit, and then all of a sudden get a charge for the last month of the season. I mean, it, it really could work out in their favor, but they got to get there first. Right, like I said, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself one week at a time. But if things fall in the right place for them, they could they could be setting themselves up for a pretty good, uh, you know, finish to the to the season. Seeing how it all shakes out. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Uh, we'll get back to calls and texts in about 15 to 20 minutes. Coming up next, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show. Raiders, UNLV, and more. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. It's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 on Unnecessary Roughness. And Paloma is on Unnecessary Roughness now here on Raider Nation Radio, as she does each and every week. She joins us at this time. And Paloma, we definitely appreciate you. And I don't even know where to start. There's so much to get to. How about the the running Rebels? They're back in action and going up against Southern. Uh, how excited and fired up is uh, Coach Kruger and the, and the team for uh, another season of, of hoops, of basketball action? A brand new season, um, as as we expect, you know, with a brand new roster and um, with this transfer portal, um, that's kind of kind of what we're going to see every year is a new roster, new faces. Um, but to Kevin Kruger, it's so important to have a lot of local guys on his team. Um, you have four Las Vegas natives on this UNLV roster, and DJ Thomas, their freshman point guard. Wow, all eyes on him, a five star um, from Liberty. Uh, he he reclassified, so he's um, going to be able to join the join the running rebels and have his first game tonight at home with the Thomas and Mac, um, and be able to to play in front of his parents and his family. But um, yeah, I mean, another new year for for Kevin Kruger and the running rebels and the Lady Rebels have tipped off as well. So a lot of excitement. You have UNLV football playing on Friday night. 
Um, the Raiders are in town this week. So, mm-hmm. it's like, man, every day, every day in this city, there's some game you can go to. So, super exciting. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and DJ Thomas, as you mentioned, I mean, he's a local guy. His dad uh, obviously played at a high level as well, played there at UNLV. How much buzz is just around him? Yeah, I mean, preseason freshman of the year, um, you know, they're really looking at him to be their their best player on the court this season, their point guard. Um, you know, with, with the turnover of the transfer portal, I think that's the hardest part is just finding that uh, consistency in, in, in your, your roster, your program, trying to build that consistency is, you know, what we've seen, you know, for both the men's and women's, you know, with the transfer portal and, and being able to, you know, go wherever you want when the year is over. Um, so I think all eyes are on, on DJ Thomas to kind of be the captain of this team and, and the leader and, and their solid point guard. Um, a lot of the players have credited his leadership, his speed, um, his defense. So, you know, we're, we're definitely excited to see um, how this team can only get better. He has a couple transfers in, in the program from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, some more Big 12 experience. Um, I believe there's like five fifth-year seniors mm-hmm. on this roster. So you got a lot of playing experience under their belt, um, older team. Uh, but, yeah, all eyes are on the freshman point guard tonight. Um, and he, he knows what it's like to play on a big stage um, here in Vegas. So the Thomas and Mac is, is going to be his home uh, for this year and hopefully the next couple years in, in Vegas. So that's so important to Kevin Kruger is to keep the local guys here in Las Vegas also for Barry Odom as well, you know, to recruit Las Vegas, to keep the Vegas stars here um, and, and show show the city that, you know, you can have a successful basketball team and football team, the 7-2 yep. and two Rebels. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been an exciting year for sure. It's been an exciting year over at UNLV. I think, I think Barry Odom really set the tone for how the year um, is going to go over at UNLV. You know, you look over at football and it's like, wow, you see them winning – you know, you see them nationally being recognized. You know, they're on college game day now, a part of the picks. Um, so I know that can only fuel uh, the basketball season. And Kevin Kruger and Lady and uh, Lady Rebels head coach Lindy LaRock uh, to only go go out there and win. And we've seen the Lady Rebels back to back trips to the to the uh, NCAA tournament. So um, now the Running Rebels are are ready to to put this program back where it needs to be. I think it's been like ten years since the Run and Rebels have played in the NCAA tournament. So um, Kevin Kruger and his team, that's their goal this year is to go, um, you know, get, get an NCAA tournament um, experience under their belt. And uh, what we've seen in the Mountain West OQ is that, man, the basketball in the Mountain West is, is the best in the country with San Diego State and Boise State and UNLV. I mean, um, the competition is really, really fierce in the Mountain West. So, the Running Rebels definitely have their work cut out for them, but they got the non-conference first, so hopefully right. these, these, this month will be good for them. Yeah, they can go ahead and figure out what they need to improve on, how they need to get better. And, you know, honestly, Paloma, when you're talking about them improving, one of the areas that Coach Kruger's got to be focused in on is the rebounding because that was one of their Achilles heels a, a year ago. They just couldn't secure enough rebounds, and especially timely rebounds. How much of that has been a focus so far? Yeah, I think overall just trying to get this new team together um, and really trying to close out games. I mean, they lost a lot of games last year that were, you know, one, two, three-point games. Yeah. Um, and really closing out the second half, really being able to, you know, defend and, and really, you know, get the defensive side of the court, you know, really rolling 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, man, last year was just so intense. The competition, the league was so good last year. I think they had four teams uh, make it to the NCAA tournament. So um, the Mountain West is, is no joke. It's the best basketball in the country. Um, but for the guys to, you know, rebound, take care of the ball, play defense, um, also shooting too. I'm really interested to see how this team will look offensively, you know, who's going to be their big shooter. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of Luis Rodriguez uh, bring the spark last year, but so many new faces on this team. I think they have seven players who are new guys on this team. So really just interested to see how they look um, in live action tonight at 7 p.m. at the Thomas Maddox. Yeah, take it on Southern. Should be a fun game. Should see uh, UNLV get going. DJ Thomas, of course, the guy that everyone's talking about. Uh, get him rolling as well. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, joins us here on Red Nation Radio 920. Looking at the football side of things, uh, Barry Odom and company, they got a short week. They're playing on Friday night at Allegiant Stadium, going up against Wyoming. And they've got eyes on the Mountain West title, right? And yeah. they, they came off that, that, that beatdown that they just had in New Mexico. So how do you expect them to perform and, and show up on Friday night, being it's a short week for them? Yeah, I mean, Barry Odom is doing everything he can to prepare for this short week, Friday night at 745. Um, he moved practice up to 745 p.m. this week, which was mm. uh, definitely different for sure, practicing at, you know, almost 8 o'clock at night. But, you know, Q, when we played in Fresno, it was almost an 8 o'clock kickoff. And, man, you know, you're just you're in the hotel all day, you know, just sitting around waiting for this, you know, 745 kickoff. So, kind of smart of him to move practice up to 745 get your body ready to go um so late at night so he's really doing everything he can to stay undefeated at Elysian Stadium and improve to 5-0 and at home but they just put 56 points up on the board uh on Saturday in Albuquerque and it was it was insane I mean I was just looking down every time I look up man they'd score on the first play of the first of their of their drive so um, super exciting to see this offense really rolling defensively to, you know, playing really hard on defense. Um, but yeah, 56 points is just incredible to see, um, eight touchdowns on, on Saturday by UNLV football. So, so, so exciting. Um, so happy for these guys too. You know, they've had a, a hard couple of years with, with COVID and trying to get this program rolling. So Barry Odom is doing incredible work there at UNLV, a 7-2 and two record, bowl eligible. I know these guys are fired up. Um, just being at practice with them, you know, it's so seamless. I mean, they practice so fast and so quick, and um, this offense is so incredibly explosive and exciting to watch. And Jada Maiava, three-time Mountain West Freshman of the Year, um, wow, has he really, you know, risen as a, as a backup quarterback to Doug Brumfield. Um, he stepped in and, and was ready to go, but that's Barry's culture. You know, he's trying to get all 110 guys ready to play winning football. And we always joke about, you know, who the starting quarterback is or who's going to be the starter this week. And he goes, I expect 110 guys ready to go play <laughs> winning football when we kick off on Friday night. So as far as the depth chart and, and you know, all the, the twos and threes, He's like, I need everyone to, to step up and, and be able to play. And that's what we've seen. We've seen the depth, you know, at every position this season. So really, really awesome year with UNLV football. It's been so much fun on the Reb Zone with, with Barry Odom. And now we have basketball season rolling. And yeah. soon enough, it'll be the Golden Knights playoffs. And, you know, then we'll roll into the Aces. And right. it's nonstop. 
Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, again, UNLV, the football program, has done really well under the first-year head coach, Coach Odom, uh, here in Vegas. And, you know, again, they've had so much success. They're 7-2 they're on the season. They're already bowl eligible. They've got their eyes on the Mountain West Championship. How important is it, and how has Coach Odom really kind of helped these keep these guys grounded so they didn't get too high on their own success? Yeah, he's so uh, focused on, you know, being in the present, working on the present, um, you know, having their best practice today, um, you know, really, really focusing on going 1-0 and this week against Wyoming. Um, and it's true. I mean, he gets asked all the time, hey, are you looking at Air Force? You know, hey, are you looking at, um, you know, Fresno? You know, all the, the, the teams that could they could play in the championship game. And he tells everyone, he's like, I'm focused on Wyoming and, and going to practice tonight and having the best practice of the year tonight. So mm-hmm. um, I know we've heard that from from Antonio Pierce about being present, focusing yep. on the present, not looking too far ahead. Um, and that is so true. I mean, I think the players have really, um, you know, really taken Barry Odom's mindset of being present, having the best practice that they could have today, and then taking care of, you know, that, that'll take care of everything. And I think I've tweeted out a couple times, you know, your practice habits become your game day realities, and that's that's what Barry Odom is all about. Your practice habits, how you practice, will show up on game days. And um, man, not not switching subjects, but I'm really excited to see the Raiders on Sunday right. against the Jets. So um, you know that that game was awesome on Sunday, and wow, what a week it's been in Las Vegas with the Raiders <laughs> and mm-hmm. the the complete turnaround we've seen with Antonio Pierce and. Um, every single press conference, I am like locked in, listening to every single word. Um, so not only has he fired up this football team, but I think he has fired up this entire city. And I think everyone in Las Vegas is now rooting for the Raiders. Uh, yeah, everyone in Vegas is rooting for the Raiders. I'll tell you what, he's fired up Raider Nation. He's fired up the media. I mean, hell, we leave the media room and we're fired yeah. up, right? I mean, he's just yeah. – He's just brought a, a nice breath of fresh air uh, yeah. to the whole organization and everybody around it. Well, uh, again, you mentioned it. It was fun to watch the Raiders on Sunday against the Giants. What I mean, what stood out to you the most about you know what they were able to do and just kind of Josh Jacobs getting into the end zone yeah. multiple times, having his best game of the season? What was your overall thoughts on that game? Man, I mean, where do you want to start? The eight sacks on defense, <laughs> three right. sacks for Max Crosby. Um, eight sacks, Q. I yep. mean, we haven't seen that in, you know, almost 20 years, 10 years um, with the Raiders. I can't remember if it was 2010 or, or whatever, but it's been so long since we've seen this team really, you know, playing lights out in all three phases and offensively, you know, scoring a season-high 30 points. What a breath of fresh air um, to see Josh Jacobs running the ball. You know, just what a what – a, well, you know, and it's so funny. Cause it's like, you know, these guys are great players. Josh right. Jacobs, one of the best running backs in the league. Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the league. Um, and so I always compare it to, um, you know, UNLV. These players were good players. I mean, look at Ricky White. He's having a great year with Barry Odom. Um, you know, these players were here this whole time. Jaden Maiava, Doug Brumfield, you know, they were here. They just needed the right coach. Um, to point them in the right direction and, and help them play complementary football and, you know, play lights out in all three phases. So, um, no, I was so excited. The halftime lead, um, yeah. you know, it's just an exciting game. It was at home, at Allegiant Stadium, um, the post-game locker room with the cigars. I mean, <laughs> you had to just love every moment of, of that game. So, um, super, super excited to see the Raiders, and hopefully they can turn turn their season around and go make a run for it. 
Right, exactly. And, I mean, again, it's, it's funny. It's, you, you know, you mentioned UNLV, and I think we talked about it last week. It feels like a lot of the Coach Odom and his leadership is the same thing that Coach Pierce is bringing to the Raiders, is that leadership first mm-hmm. and then coaching afterwards. And it seems like the players responded in a major way, Paloma. Yeah, well, Coach Odom was a player, played, played college football, was a former linebacker, you know, and Antonio Pierce played in the league, you know, mm-hmm. Super Bowl champ. So it's like, They've been in every situation that these players are going to be in, and they know what to do on third down and fourth down, and they know what to do in a when the game is on the line, two-minute drills. They, they've, they've been in those situations physically as a player, um, and not too long ago for Antonio Pierce, you know? Right. So, um, And just the fact that, you know, I think it's so important is, is the trust. You know, your players should trust your coach. Um, you should have a good relationship with your coach. You should be able to go up to your coach and have a conversation with him. You know, he should be able to come up to you. And, you know, it's it's all about that relationship and that trust. And you could see that there was no relationship with Josh McDaniels and his players. I mean, you know, we see Antonio Pierce hugging Devontae Adams, shaking hands with all the players. And, um, you know, from, from what we could see on the outside looking in, it, it just felt like there was no trust with Josh McDaniels and his players. And that is so important. I mean, I see Coach Odom hugging his guys, you know, slapping their butts. You know, just I just see that that relationship. Like, you know, they, they have a strong – he has a strong relationship with every single player on the team. So that's so important. And, you know, you want to play for your head coach. You know, we heard Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and Max Crosby say, you know, we wanted to win that game for AP. Um, no doubt the Rebels want to play for Barry Odom and, and win for Barry Odom and – you know, that's that's how it should be. Maybe it's something to this, uh, you know, former linebackers uh, as, as head coaches. I'm just saying, maybe it's something <laughs> yeah. about linebackers. There you go. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're finding ways to get it done. Well, Paloma, great stuff as always. What do you got coming out of the Reb Zone that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, hoop season is here. we got nice. the Running Rebels and Lady Rebels rolling. We have a Wyoming football game uh, to talk about, you know, hopefully another dub so they can stay, you know, undefeated at home. On, on Friday night, so cool, another nugget, um, Barry Odom's son, Garrett, plays quarterback at Faith Lutheran, and they'll be hosting Green Valley for the championship game and, you know, the Division 5A mm. or Class 5A Division 2 championship game on Friday night. So Barry Odom has a big week in his household. His son is playing in a championship game. They have a Wyoming kickoff on, on yeah. Friday night. Um, and then, yeah, Air Force is next, and Air Force is, is really good this season, too. So um, there's definitely a lot a lot going on over at UNLV with hoops, and you got the football season rolling, too. But, um, no, it should be a great game on Friday night, and then we got the Red Zone on Sunday night. And uh, then we then we got to get ready for a championship game and a bowl <laughs> game. And, right. um, so, no, it's, it's been awesome over at UNLV. It's been a really fun season with the Rebels. Do you have any idea of what uh, what bowl game you'd like to see the Rebels go to? Because I know oh, you're tagging yeah. along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I want to be on this side of the country, you know, okay. so so that you know the fans can show up. Yeah. Um, you know, whether we're in California or Arizona or even Texas, you know, I just want to see Rebel Nation be able to go out and and pack the stadium. Um, that's so important. I you know it. The worst case scenario, in my opinion, is like Hawaii or, you know, <laughs> Florida or, you know, it's just like, man, I want to see everyone in Vegas out there at, at the bowl game. So I'm like, you know, don't put us in Indiana or Florida or, you know, so right. 
fingers crossed it's on the West Coast. Well, you know, if you have to go to Hawaii, then you just have to go to Hawaii. <laughs> I, I mean, I you got to twist my arm. Maybe I can make my trip. I don't right, know. But right. There it that's is. true. <laughs> All right. Well, Paloma, great stuff as always. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. We'll be checking out the Reb Zone on Sunday. Thanks, Q. Talk to you later. All right. See you. There she goes. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, joins us each and every Wednesday at 3.30 to talk a little Rebels or Aces or Raiders or all of the above. And, yeah, I don't think I'd mind if I had to go to Hawaii to cover a bowl game. Might be kind of fun. Yeah, I think I could find a way to fit it into the budget. Right, Jared? Be all good with that. That's nothing wrong with that. And, yeah. Do you wear a Hawaiian shirt when you're in Hawaii? No, man. I don't, well, you don't even wear a shirt. Okay, got it. I mean, look, man, if you're in Hawaii, man, look, I've never been to Hawaii working, but when I've been to Hawaii, I'm I'm Hawaiian, right? I'm chilling, man. I'm having a good time. I even wore a hat. No joke. The first time I went to Hawaii, yes. I even, I wore, a matter of fact, the UNLV hat. Uh, UNLV hat I wore when I was in Hawaii the first time we went, not this past year, but the year before. And, yeah, and you know I don't ever wear hats. Ever. No. I, I have hats in my closet just to have hats in my closet. But I wore a hat uh, one day there just because, well, why not? I'm on vacation, so it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, that's that's my home away from home, even though I've only been there twice. But I've, <laughs> I've decided that that's, like, one of my favorite places to go is Hawaii. I know a lot of folks' favorite place to go is, uh, well, like to go see really good acts. How about the Scorpions? We got tickets to go see the Scorpions. You want to see them at Planet Hollywood April 11th to May 3rd. They got a Las Vegas residency going on, again, at Planet Hollywood. Tickets go on sale on Friday at 10 a.m. We got a pair of tickets for you right now. Uh, my man Jared just played the little sounder that was the Scorpion. So, again, you want to be there in the building. We got tickets for you, 702-365-9200, caller number 9. The Scorpions at Planet Hollywood. It's going to be April 11th to May 3rd. You can get your tickets before you can buy them. You can get them right now with Radio Radio 920. But it's the same all the time. It wasn't even Halloween as she was watching the Hallmark Channel. It doesn't make any sense. They're all the same. I literally just rolled out. If you go and turn it on right now, and I don't even know what channel it is, I just know it's the Hallmark Channel. I can tell by the sound of the music in the background that it's the Hallmark Channel. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. You can go and check it out, and I guarantee you, whatever I just described in the last two minutes, you'll see in the next 30 minutes on you if you watch that show. I mean, it's, just, it's my biggest... It drives me crazy. Let's put it like that. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. It drives me crazy. Let's put it like that. This really might be Jared's last day. <laughs> Permanently. <laughs> I know people that know people that know people that might be able to make that happen. This guy done turned this into a whole production. You done spent more time with the Hallmark Channel. They've got more love on this station in the last two days than they've probably ever gotten from anyone. I bet you nobody, and I mean nobody, spent as much time as we spent talking about the damn Hallmark Channel. I mean, only if you subscribe to the, like, all publicity is good publicity. It is. Like you're, it is. We're it's talking just you about blaming them. them over and over We're again. We're talking about them. Who cares if I'm dogging them? It's still someone out there is like, oh, I actually like the Hallmark Channel. I guarantee <laughs> it. It's a great commercial. I'm sorry. People pay good money for this kind mic. of love. Unbelievable. <laughs> this guy's rolled the whole two-hour show with Hallmark. Hallmark and more Hallmark. Shout out to my guy, David. He got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see the Scorpions, so that's good. Got more winning on the way as far as that's concerned. They've got a residency in town. 
April 11th to May 3rd at Planet Hollywood. That is hilarious. And then, you know, the funniest thing about this, as I'm still on my Hallmark Channel rant, again, it's only November 8th. By the time you actually get close to, I don't know, Christmas, when people actually care about maybe the Hallmark Channel, nobody's going to want to see it because they're going to be burnt out because it's been on for the last couple months. It's unbelievable. And I don't even think they go off at all. I mean, I, I say they've been on for the last couple months. They probably stay on all year long because people like us, dummies like us, keep talking about them. So they're like, well, hell, might as well just recycle this uh, this show unless someone else makes more money. Hour number three is on the way. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.